Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Radio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. Hi, GR Dad. How's it going? Coming to you from Tropical Depression Central. I think it's post-tropical depression. It's it's a sad state of affairs. Drippy Fred, I'm going to call him. <laughs> uh, this is episode 200. I know. Amazing. It's pretty exciting. Uh, and it's a no rules podcast. Correct. Which is Dear Dad's favorite kind. <laughs> it sounds crazy to me. Liberation. <laughs> uh, since it's no rules, we don't have to have a cocktail of the week, though. We've made a very fancy picture of sangria that costs like three times what the normal one does. More because we were out of the normal stuff we make it with. But it's delish. We were forced to upgrade. Yeah, not bad. No, of course. So for episode 300... 200. <laughs> for episode 300, oh. it's going to be the best episode <laughs> that we will ever have produced in our whole entire lives, but you're going to have to wait 100 episodes until we get <laughs> you're there. You're going to be stuck with this one for, for another two years. <laughs> for episode 200, uh, we thought we would do, for all 14 dogs that we've had since we've been doing the podcast, which is a heck of a lot of dogs... Uh, favorite story for each dog. Okay. And we'll go in like vaguely chronological order, which means we start with hops. Yeah. You have a favorite hopper story? My favorite hopper story is when she was like quite small still, like full on puppy. And uh, I was going to visit my parents. And so I was driving cross country from DC to Chicago. And we stopped, I think in Bryan, Ohio, maybe at the Holiday Inn Express. And I've told this story before, but there was a drunk guy in there when we were checking in, and a you know, little puppy hops comes in, and she was maybe six months Fluff old. Fluffball. She yeah. was the fluffiest. We're getting a little bit lanky, right? The legs start getting long, and she kind of walks in, and he said, oh, she has chocolate chip eyes. And, except she says, oh, she has chocolate chip eyes. <laughs> and he was totally right. I still don't exactly know what it means, but she definitely has them. It was one of those things where it's like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, yes, now I know what that is. That's totally what this is. You don't need to define it. And uh, yeah. yeah, she did. Chocolate chip eyes. Alcohol reveals the, the truth. Good Jen. hopper memory. Oh. Yeah, I don't have specific memories. I just remember the way she was with Vank, like super. And then I remember taking her to puppy school with like chopped up hot dogs and cheese in a bag. Yeah. And trying to keep her attention while there were all the other puppies and stuff but she was really good at it she's a puppy star she really liked the snacks though too she really liked the snacks. hey that i mean whatever works chopped up hot dogs yeah chopped up hot dogs and bits of cheese you diehard vegetarian we're buying hot dogs for this that's i a, do whatever love. i have to do that's i love. mean we eventually had to do the liverwurst in a syringe to get her to come <laughs> squirt liverwurst out of a syringe into her mouth that was the only thing that got her and now her recall is so good yeah because she keeps dreaming of that liverwurst someday i'll get liverwurst again that was gross but effective she was very easy to train because she wants to do the right thing yeah and love snacks. <laughs> uh, Vinkman. Vank. Oh, I mean, I, what epitomizes Vank for me? I mean, the, the she's chaos. She's your baby. She is my baby. She'll always be. We're just saying she's seven. So she would be 49 in dog years, but I don't think that applies to her. I think she's seven. She's like a first grader for she's sure. stuck in that, but in the joyful way, right? She doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't think of it as a limitation. 
Uh, I just like the way she lies in her vent cave and drinks while lying upside down oh, next so to the good. drink bowl without getting up. <laughs> it just epitomizes. Like, she's actually really smart, but she doesn't want to follow rules because she's like, they're stupid. I'm she's not going to so stand lazy. up for this. I know I have to. St- Hoppers will be like, I have to do it right. I have to stand up. And Meng's like, hey, look, I can leak the water. <laughs> My tongue. <laughs> she's really good at, at getting to where she needs to get. She also sits in front of the, the, when I'm sitting on the couch, she sits in front of me and just looks at me with the cutest face and she knows I will move and give her the good spot by the, by the uh, armrest. Yeah. And when Jared Dad's not here and I'm in that spot, she doesn't even look at me. She knows I'm not giving it up. I look at her and I'm like, what? No, go someplace else. And she does. But with you, she knows she can win. She's really smart. She's, she's doesn't follow directions, but that doesn't make her dumb. My favorite Vink story is uh, when Queso had the foreign object incident. So Mm -hmm. not all of our followers were probably around when we had Queso. We'll get to Queso eventually. Um, But Queso was 13 when we got her. She made it to like 15 and a half. But I think it was around when she was 14. She stopped eating and she, you know, it took a long time, but we eventually figured out that she had a few pieces of a few different toys kind of stuck. Like long piece, long skinny pieces. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of stuck in between her stomach and her intestines. So she ended up having to have, uh, she was the original member of Team Foreign Object, had to have emergency surgery. They gave me the stuff they pulled out. I was like, save it for me. I want to dissect it. That set unrealistic expectations because other vets haven't done that. There's a, there is in the Golden Ratio YouTube archives, a video of me dissecting the, the <laughs> toy and like going like, oh, this one comes from this toy. This one came from this toy. Um, but she, you know, she was old when she had that surgery and she had a really hard time recovering. She, you know, they kept her at the hospital for like five days and she wouldn't eat. And eventually like, well, we'll just send her home. Like they were not very optimistic, but they're like, it's not doing any good for her to be here. And she didn't eat for a bunch more days at home. Uh, she did eventually eat, which I'll talk about when it's case of story turn. But uh, Vink began her like angel nurse life yeah. with Queso where, you know, poor Queso just felt terrible and she would just lay there and she wasn't super mobile anyway. And Vink would just kind of stand guard over her, lay next to her, stand over her, just like protect. She, Vink was there. Yeah. And uh, it was really good, like Vink being empathetic to Queso's problems. Yeah. She, she definitely feels the vibe, right? It's bad when it's the yeah. crazy vibe where like she will emphasize chaos because one of the dogs is nervous and she'll just run around barking her head off at nothing. Yeah. That's bad, but it's good when it's you're feeling bad and I'm going to be very gentle and nice yeah, and quiet. She's, she's very good about that. All right, so Hobbs and Vink. We got them as puppies, and I had had some foster dogs before Vink. So we had Hops, and then we had a few foster dogs, and we got Vink, and then we had a bunch more foster dogs. Um, and then eventually we got Maggie and Jasmine, who came together as a unit, uh, they had, their owners had moved away and they just left them in the backyard and eventually a neighbor found them and took them in. And, but I think the neighbor like lived in a trailer and had a toddler and like two of their own dogs and just like couldn't also take in these two golden retrievers. Uh, so gave them over to the rescue group. And, uh, and I know I've told the story before, but it's episode 200. We're going to be retelling stuff. We had had, I think a dozen foster dogs at that point and we would get them and we'd have them for two or three weeks and we'd adopt them out. We had kept one who, Goldie. Goldie, who lived 
We adopted her on a Friday and she died on Sunday. I mean, she was old, but it was a surprise. It was a hemangiosarcoma. Um, so, you know, and we, and we knew even before the hemangiosarcoma that she didn't have a lot of time. Uh, but Maggie and Jasmine were, I guess, nine and 10 when we got them. If, if that, it might have been eight and nine, but nine and 10 sounds right, actually, but it's sort of younger, nine and 10. Yeah. And they were, and they showed up the you know, the guy art who brings all the dogs to our house showed up and they went in the backyard and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> these feel like my dogs and like they've always lived here. And they were like running around in circles with Hobbs and Vank. And yeah. I'm like, now we have four dogs. And I was like, I think that night I was like, Ingo. I think I want to keep these dogs. He's like, well, let's give it some time. We'll, we've got to keep them for a couple weeks. Let's see. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were so great. I feel like now, you know, I love all the dogs we have now, but we are always going to be chasing Maggie and Jasmine. Frank, you know, the original six dog squad was Hobson, Vank, Maggie and Jasmine, and then Queso and Riley. And I don't think we will ever <sighs> have a squad as good as those the, Six. the vibe was so mellow and, so and relaxed. Like, Venk was the most excited of all of them. Yeah. And she is pretty mellow compared to what we have now. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Guac. Uh, so Maggie and Jasmine show up. Uh, so let's start with Maggie, a.k.a. Schmieg. Mm. Um, the song that I used to sing for Schmieg, which I still sing sometime, was just Schmieg. <laughs> she thought that was great but i used to give her like affirmation pep talks uh yeah. in the snaps and i still do, do those for people sometimes i do them for cv sometimes but we did a lot of like she was kind of nervous especially like about thunder she was um and i just be like it's okay Schmig. i am here i am gonna protect you for the rest of your life and everything's gonna be okay and she'd look at me with her big brown eyes and uh you could tell she she had no idea what I was saying, but she very much appreciated the reassurance. I'd like pet her little head, and uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, we designated her as the spokes dog for the for the gang. She would always be sort of a little in the foreground because she was so Velcro for you. Always coming right to the camera. Yeah. Always coming right to the camera, and then then we from that we made the next joke, which is she didn't do her paperwork and she's a little nervous. Where about are those having, reports? Having to. Fill in her paper, have to turn in her paperwork, <laughs> which she didn't do because she always looked a little nervous. She was very concerned about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, so we got them in 2016, I think in December of, very beginning of December of 2016. And, uh, and Maggie died in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. So she was the, so we got Queso after that and Riley after that. But Maggie was the first one of that group to die and i cried all the time just i i mean I, I would go to pilates class and i would lay down on the reformer and i would cry for the entire 45 minutes while like my legs are in the little straps flying around uh i still cry if i think about it too much not that like i didn't love the other dogs but she had a very special place for me she just appreciated the love so much her and Riley were kind of like my two like soul connected dogs and they died. He we'll talk about him, but he died in October of the same year. And I feel like it broke part of me to, I mean, it's sad when we have lost every single one of them, but those two were the best two dogs I've ever had. And then to like lose them back to back was untimely. especially. Yeah. yeah. 
I remember Maggie, the one thing about her that I remember that I hadn't thought about for a while is she was, you know, in on the whole getting carrots, right? That was a, an innovation <laughs> that we that we pioneered when we had at the four, the four yeah. of them or five of them. Um, and I think I was making her roasties at the time too, which I've now been Oh no, the roasties came with queso. Oh, that's right. She wouldn't eat yeah. the carrots and, and so then, we roasted them. And then them. of course, Hops decided I will only eat roasties because it's best, it's better. Um, but when, when I used to give Maggie, there was, I mean, it seemed like a mob of dogs at the time to have four, Yeah. but they would all be sitting there looking to get a carrot and I'd give Maggie her carrot and she'd back up away from like through the dogs, backing up, backing <laughs> up while keeping eye contact with me. She was a little unstable on her back end and we eventually got a rug in the spot that she'd stand. So then she could turn around reliably, but she was really afraid she'd fall over. So she'd just like do this back, 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 back. <laughs> yeah, it was very it was cute very and predictable funny. and reliable. Yeah. So Maggie and Jasmine came together as a bonded pair. Uh, Jasmine was with us until just before lockdown. We lost her and Queso together in, I think, February of 2020. Uh, and she was also, she was, she was my favorite dog. For a while, uh, she was great. Yeah, and she, she. We had the joke that she was the nihilist because she had the face, she had kind oh. of a, a saggy face, right? Like just like like a kind of droopy. Like yeah. not, <laughs> she wasn't actually unhappy at all, but you could picture her with a cigarette in the corner of her mouth and a beret, <laughs> a beret. on, going, <laughs> you know, the, these times are terrible. These times, nothing is good. If you go track down her individual Twitter account which all of the formerly adopted dogs have, even though I don't post much on them. For a while, I was doing a series, and it was like black and white, like her face and then a black background <laughs> and then some like existential quote over it about like the meaninglessness of life. We will soon turn to dust. I yeah. mean, the whole <laughs> concept. But she was so happy. She I mean, was she not would, like that at all, yeah. She'd have like a big, happy, smiley face, and she was the first one so who would play like fling and yeah that was toys fling around. was tm was kind of her thing yeah so we we'd get like a stuffed toy and i would throw it way up in the air and i'd go fling <laughs> and she'd jump up in the air and like grab it in her mouth and then shake 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 it around when she would get down and uh but i had to yell fling yep. your dad would try it sometimes she wouldn't do it and i was like it's cuz you're not yelling fling <laughs> you got and he'd be like fling i'm like no 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 fling <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I learned, and she was she was a very happy, joyful dog. It just she just had the facial expression of like a nihilist, so that was good. Is that your story that she's a nihilist? Uh, I was going to do the fling thing too. Oh well, yeah, fling was important. Fling was important. I'm pouring yeah. myself some more sangria. Here. I don't think she ever did anything too crazy. She was also a good dog. She was an exceptionally good dog. So we had just Maggie and Jasmine for about a year. Because I was like, four dogs? Oh, my God, I can't believe. We always said we'd never have three dogs. We thought we'd go to three, and then we went to four. Like, But like it was always, we'll foster that third one. We'll never actually have three dogs. Oh, yeah. And then we instantly had four dogs. And then a year later, December of 2018, is that December of 2017. 17. Yeah. End of 17, yeah. I get a call from the rescue group and they're like, we've got this 13-year-old. You know, she's lived in the backyard her whole life. Now her owners are retiring and they want to travel more and they don't want her anymore. Will you take her? And there was, was a picture, wasn't there? I don't I don't even know if there was a picture. Uh, the story. But I was in Potbelly in College Park and I get this call and I was like, huh. And I called Ingo at work and I was like, hey, Ingo, the rescue group 
has this 13 year old like i'm always inclined to say yes and you have talked me out of some dogs before sometimes there have been times where you're like the vibe isn't right yeah and i was like um so the rescue group wants us to foster this 13 year old what do you think about it because i can't just sign you up for five dogs and you're like, what difference does it make? Between four and five, what difference does it make? And I was like, okay, we'll take her. I think I said, it'll still fit in two cars. It'll still fit in the two cars. The thing is, before her, we could have just taken one car. Yeah, well, that was the, the going from, from two to four. It was one car to two cars. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we got Queso. She was very, very traumatized when she came to us. So she... Yeah, I mean, who knows? She had been obviously not very well taken care of. That's what happens when you lock a dog in your backyard for 13 years. She had had a litter mate who she'd lived with. Like, they got two dogs when they got her. Yeah. And I think the litter mate had died at 10. Queso was 13. So she'd just been kind of, like, sat in alone after that and just locked in the backyard. Except when it was really cold, then they'd put her in the laundry room. Oh, my God. Uh, so she came to us. And she late, so we had her in Maryland for a few weeks, couple weeks, and she just laid under the dining room table the whole time. She was physically weak and banged Couldn't up even too, stand right? up. Nobody yeah. ever took her for walks or gave her exor- a reason to exercise or exercise. Yep. So she couldn't go up and down the stairs, like even the three stairs to, to the backyard. Yeah, we had her in the help him up harness for a while because we thought she kind of couldn't really walk. Yeah. And a lot of that was, which we've had with other dogs, like, anxiety and trauma when they come in and it makes them like physically less capable and then they kind of settle in and get yeah, better yeah. um but yeah so she hid in the dining room and then we had we came down to the keys it was before we bought this house but we had rented a house as so it was right after you know a few months after hurricane irma we had rented this house and it was giant i mean it was like twice the size of yeah, the house not, that not we're this now. house we have now it's we had a house yeah, yeah we, we rented a house the house we had rented a house a different house that got destroyed in Hurricane Irma. And we were like, what are we going to do? And this guy had a house that he rented us and it was massive. I think it had like four or five bedrooms. <laughs> but there was, was a, two houses connected. It was. It was yeah. kind of like our house. And then if you imagine like sticking another house kind of on the corner of it. So there's like a little walkway and then there's a whole other one. That's how big it was. Um, and there was a guest room that we never used for anything. And she would hide in there. We'd have to go look like is she, eh, there she is. She's still yeah. in there. Um, and we were down there for about six weeks Yep, uh, down there. It's over. I can look, we can see it from here basically <laughs> over there for about six weeks. And at one point she had, it had an elevator, like a real crappy elevator, which she didn't like. And we were kind of carrying her up the stairs or boosting her up. Boosting her. Yeah. We yeah. kind of like a wheelbarrow. Yeah. She'd do the front legs and we'd do the back legs. And then one day we're down in the yard and we can't find her anywhere. We're looking all over. Where the hell is she? And she was upstairs. She'd gone upstairs and she was like, let me in. Let herself. me in. <laughs> <laughs> and the, our very last day there, as we were packing up to leave, she and Vink started playing at the bottom of the stairs. Like yeah. she kind of play chomped on Vink's head. And after that, and at th- this point, Vink is three years old, right? So Vink's like a little puppy crazy. I mean, crazier than she is now. Yeah. And Queso's 13. And they were just like the best pals where like Queso would kind of like, kind of like Boots does now, lay on the ground 
and Vink would like run around and jump on her head and Queso would butt attack her butt attack her and Queso would knock her down sometimes Queso's this big mountain of a dog and little Vink is like this little particle yeah Queso was giant yeah Uh, but they were great pals and they kind of played and fought with each other and and just had a a best a great time yeah surprisingly like the the Vink again with her empathy got the sort of playfulness back in in uh Queso who was yeah. who was awesome. Oh, she Queso was one of was sort of the first dog where we went, "Oh, she's aging in reverse." Like she just yeah. every year got better and better until the very end, like the last last 6 months, you know, she aged quite quickly. She started to get a lot of white in her fur and, and just... She got vestibular, so her head was kind of tilted. And, yeah. and then she had a hemangiosarcoma. She had a whole bunch go wrong all at once. But up until, you know, through her quinceanera, yeah. uh, she just kept getting younger and younger. She had, I mean, that, we feel good about that. We gave her some really good time, you know, after some crappy, crappy, crappy life before. For sure. So that story, I, I mean, my this is what you were going to talk about too, where it's like after the uh, <laughs> team for an object, where it was, she just wasn't eating, and that would not like eat. for some reason that is a real trigger for me. You're when, kind of like a Jewish grandma. When dogs don't eat, it freaks me out. Like that is the the worst thing that can be happening, and it's been the same yeah. for all the, the same Patrick, you know, all the picky eaters, Parmesan, Riley too, where we had to hand feed them and stuff. I'm just like. I feel so much better if I can get some food in them. Yeah. <laughs> if they eat some food. So it was like a week after the surgery and Queso just was not eating. And let and me we, say, we tried everything. We oh. bought out every kind of food in every flavor yeah. at like our little Petco. She wouldn't eat it. Wet food. Dry food. Dry food. I think we I probably chicken. tried cat food. I mean, we, we probably did try tried, cat food. tried everything. Bacon. Yeah. I mean, we bought, like, I kind of bought out the meat section. We made chicken. We had canned chicken, regular chicken, steak, yeah. the chicken hamburgers, bacon. chicken and rice bacon. is usually a, a go-to she for She wouldn't dogs. eat anything. Yeah. And so she, because, she, I mean, they'd cut open her stomach and they cut open her her uh, her colon, I guess, or what is it? The Yeah, uh, they just had to cut intestine. the stomach. Just the stomach. Her. But yeah. But, you know, she's an older dog, and she didn't like it, and she's feeling crappy, and she didn't eat. And it, I, I mean, mean for two weeks almost. She's big enough to sustain it. Luckily. She did lose a lot of weight, but yeah, she had um, she had some bulk there. Yeah, but so I just kept trying stuff because it was such an agenda item for me to like jam food in her, and I I think I ended up giving her a bunch of Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its on Cheez-Its. the food. And she was just like, oh, I like this. And I was like, oh my God, Cheez-Its. So I like put a bunch of food in there and ground up some Cheez-Its and put an egg on it. And, and she's like, okay, all right, I can do this. And then she, then she ate the egg. Next to the cheeses. Oh my god, the cheeses! And then she started though. eating food, and I I sent you like three videos of of her eating, and I was like, it's happening. There's there is also in the Golden Ratio YouTube archives. I'm sure. So we post the podcast on Twitter. We post like a YouTube version. Um, once we post this, like the next day, I'll go through and post some of these videos because we've got a celebratory video that I think has some fanfare like, da-da! <laughs> oh no, it has the Hallelujah Chorus. I think it has the Hallelujah Ninth Symphonies, yeah. queso eating Cheez-Its. <laughs> it was so good. That was your real triumph. That was oh. that was kind of your first kind of dog medical success because you were real nervous about doing a lot of the medical stuff with the dogs or that you'd screw it up before and that was the first one where you're like i have gotten queso to eat like <laughs> I, I have defeated this problem tricked her into eating yeah <laughs> no eating is different than medical i still have medical ghiblis you do um, a good job 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. But that was, uh, yeah. And, and I think Queso to me was a lot of like Schmieg was to you where I, yeah, I loved Queso. She like the, the strength of character she had, she was just so calm and so like kind of doing her own thing sure. by the end, kind of deciding what to do and not to do in her own world, but also interacting with, with our world. Yeah. Um, it was just great. And it was obviously with the backstory and the, the positive developments. Like when she was here that first uh, winter in the Keys, when she discovered she could lie on her back. Yes. <laughs> and just stay there because she had a flat, I mean, just a hugely broad, broad. bag. It was like a table. <laughs> but she rolled on her back and was just, and you could just see the wheels turning where she's like, wow, look at <laughs> this. What happened? We have it on video. Where, oh, there's a she, lot of good videos. She's looking around and just upside down going, whoa. <laughs> this is, in, so Queso has been, so all the dogs pretty much have been rated on dog rates, but Queso got her own independent rating from dog rates uh, <coughs> with her on her, just laying on her back, Whoa, her tail like tucked between her legs, her just laying there, uh, which was really nice. Just contemplating the world from upside down. Yep. Uh, so... We got Queso, and then in 2018, we got Riley, <coughs> who was seven, and he is one of the few cases, I think he was the first case at that point that we had had of a dog that did not have a kind of messed up past. Like, he yeah, had, right. had what seems like a very loving owner, the owner had died, so nobody... it's also tragic, but not the same way yeah <laughs> he had had a good life yeah and and had been well loved and his owner had died kind of unexpectedly nobody in the family wanted riley so he came into the rescue group didn't didn't like his final wishes address riley or wasn't there something it was in he... his obituary i looked his obituary up which yeah we're not supposed to know where the dogs come from like they don't you know all the medical records are redacted and stuff but i somehow managed to find out and looked up the guy's obituary and it was like he especially loved his golden retriever um, so yeah, Riley had a good life and he was a really happy dog and he came in and he had like a messed up tooth. He had, I think he had a tooth fracture and so we're like, all right, well, we're going to pull yeah. that tooth. It's messed up. Yeah. So we dropped him off at the vet to pull the tooth and they did the pre-medical blood work and they're like, you know, like his kidney values are off. So, you know, who knows what it is? Like, let's put him on these few medicines for a couple of weeks and bring him back. And we brought him back in a couple of weeks and they were way off the Much second worse, time. Yeah. And so we ended up going to an internist and it turns out he had had Lyme disease. It was cleared when we got him. So he wasn't like actively sick, like um, the saucy boy, Remoulade. <laughs> he had active Lyme disease when we got him. Right. And a few other of our dogs have. Riley didn't have it actively, but he had had Lyme disease in the past. And in retrievers especially, if they get Lyme disease, they can get what's called Lyme nephritis, which is kidney failure caused by the Lyme. Basically, you get the Lyme disease and your body starts producing antibodies and it can kind of overproduce and keep producing. And then those will clog the kidneys. There is no cure for this. They just gets more and more just clogged. die a terrible, long death. And kidney disease basically means they stop eating, they get really tired. Uh, and so we had him for seven months. And and he was like great normal dog at the beginning. And by the end, like we he came to the live show in Chicago. So that was October of 2018. 
I remember like going to CVS and being like, what random, like cheap wet food, which is always like the most tempting for dogs, like, like the yeah. Alpo canned food. <laughs> can we get to try to get him to eat? He was eating, like someone had given us chicken pot pie dog snacks. Yes. At the live show, people like we had a whole table of presents from people at the live show. So Someone, nice. yeah. and you know, we, we were going through all of them, and there was, you know, all, there were tons of different snacks. So, try this, try this, try this, and he ate those chicken pot pie snacks. So then we bought like twenty bags of the chicken oh, pot yeah. pie snacks. But then he'd eat them for like three days, and then you know, by the end, it really was just all we could get him to eat was snacks, and then sort of nothing. So he was like, he's this dog that like I connected with in this amazing way, and we thought, oh, he's seven. Like, great, we're going to have him for such a long time. Totally. And we had him for, I think, seven or eight months. And, and he was super charming. Oh, and he, he loved such a good you. Boy. He just was in love with you. And the whole boyfriend meme is partly true because he just was all over you. He was he was very Velcro-y, but he also did he would put his head in your lap. He just, every, like, everything Like, look at me with perfect. his big eyes. I, and we had all girls, right? Like all the other dogs were girls. So it was always like the girlfriends, the girls, the girls. And then we get this boy in and I was like, oh, it's my boyfriend. Yeah. But he really was my boyfriend. Uh, you dancing with him is like one of the sweetest videos I've ever seen and he, ever will. He was I, he was sick at that point, but not totally on the way out. And yeah, that video is, I, I had him in the backyard and I just kind of you know, I put my phone on the table and I picked him up. And so I was like holding his butt and he's got his hands on my shoulders. And we're just like, I was singing him a little song and dancing around. He's my sweet I think boy. he. I think he also exceeded predictions. I think they expected his his kidney disease to kill, kill him sooner than it did. I think yeah. we got some extra months out of him too. But again, this is the trigger, right? He wasn't eating. So it was just my challenge. I ended up, he ate milk bones for a while. <laughs> the slurry so that I you would, <laughs> I was like, oh, milk bones. Okay. If he likes that flavor, I'll put the milk bones in a food processor and then mix it up with chicken or with chicken dog food. juice, like the water from canned chicken. Yeah. And then I'll just make these nuggets. I make these like <laughs> meatballs there, but they're milk bone crunch, cr you know, milk bone dust <laughs> reconstituted with chicken juice. With chicken juice in there, just to get something in him. And and he was, I was feeding him eggs a lot. I mean, that's when that's we where the hard boiled eggs started. Really. Hard boiled eggs with the pictures on them, yeah. Because we like do a whole container of hard boiled eggs, and then we draw little pictures of Riley's face, yeah. on them. Uh, but the thing that, I mean, one of the things that I love most about that dog is that I would be on the couch or even in the bed and I'd be like, come here, boyfriend. And he'd be like, pew, and like <laughs> dive into the bed, like full body up against me and then like turn his head at me and like look at me with his big eyes. He was like a top notch snuggler. Oh, he was. And he was, he was a very charming looking dog. Too. He, he was. had a very charming <laughs> face. He was I very sweet. I miss that dog so much. I feel like that's really one, like the other dogs all were old. You know, and so it sucks and it was sad, but he, I feel like the universe really robbed me. That was a real emotional him. roller coaster because it was, it would have been so great if he'd been healthy. He would have been the perfect oh, dog to have for, oh. for years and years and years and years. And instead yeah. we had him for months and months and months and knew it ahead of time. I mean, Sweet we knew boy. he was, that was not fixable. He was, he was going to you know, pass away from those stupid kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. And we did, you know, we kept him going a lot longer than they thought. Um, but so we lost, like I said, Maggie in April of 2018, Riley, I guess at the end of, you know, middle of October of 2018. 
And then 2019 was uh, I'm sorry, that was 2019 that we lost them. It was 2019. We're, yeah. we were here for, no, not for Riley, but then for the ones mm-hmm. after, yeah. Um, and so... I, I would move that we include a discussion of Swizzle. Oh, Swizzle's next on the list. Okay, good, good. Because, so we lost the two of them, and all of a sudden we had four dogs. Only, and it felt like only four That's dogs. That's right. We had Jasmine and Queso, Hops and Vink. What the heck? Like, <laughs> the house felt very empty. It was. It was, ec- the sounds were echoing in the empty hallways. So I was like, need another dog. And was kind of waiting, wasn't getting in through the rescue. And so I was looking at the rescue group, like adoptable dogs website. Thanks for the refill, your dad. Mm-hmm. And there was this 14-year-old who was then called Shannon, who re- we renamed to Swizzle, aka the Swizz. She was up for adoption. And I was like, what? what is wrong with this dog? Who takes in a 14-year-old to foster them? And then isn't keeping them. And so I went through this very, you know, when I adopt a dog out that we fostered, we put them on the list, someone emails, I bring them to their house. Usually we do the paperwork right there, done. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So it was like, oh, come meet her at this no, thing. No, that's and then we'll Sizzle. Go. I mean, I'm talking about Swizzle. Oh, no, Swizzle's the one we adopted. You're talking about Sizzle who lives with Barb Nelson now. Oh, the Swizz and the Sizz. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean Sizzle. I moved that we include Sizzle because you wouldn't have included her normally. Because That's we true, because we didn't, didn't adopt, adopt her. All right, well, let's, do the, let's finish the story of the Swizz and then we'll backtrack yeah, yeah, to Sizzle. Yeah, that was, that was, that was feeling, pre, feeling the adoption process as the adoptees didn't feel so good. <laughs> you, you had put other people through it with, with some of the, with the 12 fosters, but being on the receiving end was not so I fun. just wanted it to be faster. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so we adopted Swizzle. She was 14. Um, you know, we knew we weren't going to have a long time with her, but she was like a great energetic dog. And uh, why why were they not keeping her? Because she barked a lot, I think. <laughs> I right? they didn't. They were kind of like, she does bark a bit. That dog barked a lot. She looks at stuff and occasionally barks or something, right? It's, <laughs> she can't hear. We yeah. can. Re- so, yeah, she was deaf. And we can remember now what a great dog she was and forget that we were unable to eat dinner the entire time that we had swizzle <laughs> you had because, to throw kibble into the corner <laughs> oh my god so she would see so her backstory is that her owner her owner had dementia and <sighs> uh and was living kind of Somebody should have stepped in a long time before they did but i i think she didn't have anybody kind of close around her had completely lost the ability to take care of herself or the dogs. So like wasn't letting the dogs out. So the dogs were like doing their business in the house, but she was, the owner was too, like she had extremely advanced dementia. Um, wasn't feeding herself, wasn't feeding the dogs. Eventually I think a granddaughter went over and was like, I need to check on this situation. And was, you know, it was a real horrifying situation. Uh, got the, grandmother into a nursing home but there were two dogs swizzle and somebody else and nobody wanted the dogs so they just locked the dogs in the house and then every three days or so someone would go over and dump a bunch of food on the floor and then leave so this is not how dogs eat (laughs) like it's like it's it's the worst thing i can think of for a dog yeah uh so swizz when she came in 
so she was about the size of kind of between hops and vink, mm -hmm. like an average size golden retriever. She weighed 25 pounds when she came into rescue. So vink weighs, mm -hmm. I mean, vink's a little chubby now. Vink should weigh around 60. Hops weighs about 70. She weighed 25 pounds. She was bones. She Absolutely emaciated. Bones, yeah. Um, and then had developed, not surprisingly, a ton of anxiety, especially around food, because she was starved, you know, unintentionally by her owner, who just had dementia. And right. In, the owner was also super malnourished, wasn't feeding herself. But then also, you know, spent, I think, a month or more locked in the house, unable to go out, you know, fed every three days. <sighs> so when we would eat... She'd just start barking. She'd try to she'd try to get the food, and she'd bark at us the whole time. So the the way that we managed to sort of eat a little bit is that I'd bring her bowl of dinner out, and I'd throw one piece of kibble at a time across the porch. So she would chase it and go get it, and then we'd be like, "Om nom nom, eat our food," and then she'd come back and start barking, and we'd throw another piece of kibble. For the entire time we had her, that's how we ate. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and and like the three or four times where she was asleep when we were eating, we were like. Oh my God. Oh, don't wake her. Don't Do not wake make her. Any no, noise. No crunching the food. Come, we got to <laughs> pour some water on these french fries. <laughs> yeah, and she loved french fries. That was the thing. Oh, she, I mean, she loved everything. Yeah, I know. She would eat everything. She was a very good dog. Yeah, and, she uh, was. She was a sweetheart, too. Yeah, who knows what she had wrong with her she oh, oh well i mean we do kind of know so she was she was getting a bunch of nosebleeds which we were trying to take care of and it was sort of getting better it was getting worse and then had a really excuse me a really violent episode of them and i was like i feel like this is kind of the end yeah. you weren't here but like i was a small taking... puddle of blood on the ground when she would wake up every time blades. yeah yeah but this this time i mean there was I had to spend like an hour cleaning the house. Like there was blood everywhere. Taking her up to the vet, I was like, like it seems dumb to put a dog down because they have chronic nosebleeds. At the same time, something's going on and her nose is bleeding all the time. Um, and the vet was so good. And she, I mean, she must have spent half an hour with me just like, do we put her on prednisone and like try to extend it? And how yeah. do we do all of, you know, this with all the other medicine that she's on? I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm just not sure about it. And, uh, you know, it was one of those situations where either thing would have been okay. Right. But she's like, let me go put an ultrasound on her just to see if there's anything else going on. And it turns out she had a big hemangiosarcoma, which made it okay, like a very easy decision. Even if that wasn't directly what was causing the nosebleed, there was a catastrophic thing kind of waiting to happen, which could have been going on then anyway. It's like a ticking time bomb that will explode at some point yeah so that's a lot easier than well we could try this other stuff and maybe get her another month this is all right well this is definitely gonna be a thing um but, but she yeah. was the first one up here right yeah yeah we got her and uh we got her in maryland and no, then I brought her here like a week queso. later it was after queso so she wasn't the first one to pass away up here no that's right we uh so we brought her up here. We we had her with Jasmine and Queso. Right. Um, they died in February, and she died in, like, July right. of 2020. Right. We got... Our veterinarian has, like, a... Well, it's a, they call it an acupuncture room, but it's a room with a little fountain and a, and some some crystals tapestries and, and crystals. Stained glass. And probably has some, some um, aroma sticks that we don't... That we haven't seen lit. It's a very but, nice room. But it's that kind of meditative room, and that's where they where they... Um, you know, put 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 dogs down, and so you yep. can. So we got way too used to that. Damn oh my room. god! Like the fifth time we were in there, and 
2020 was just way too many. No kidding. It was so they do a good job and it's and they it's a very nice gesture and it's a very good idea to to have a nice space for it. Yeah. Where you can say goodbye at, at your leisure and they're very respectful and very they're nice great. about it. Yeah. Um but boy, you went in there later for acupuncture for one of the dogs. And I was like, I don't St. know. St. Patrick, yeah. I don't think I'd go in there <laughs> with a healthy dog. But it, yeah, so this is sad that like my favorite memory of Swizz is actually when she was sleeping and we had ordered takeout. Because this is all pandemic times, right? Like yeah, early pandemic times. yeah. And we had ordered. So a restaurant started doing delivery that we could get. And we had it. Yeah. We had delivery. And she was asleep. And we're like, oh, my God, she's sleeping. And so we went out on the porch and we're like, close the doors, put the blinds down. Like, don't let her see. <laughs> right. And it was like. The, she couldn't hear, but she could see. It was the first peaceful dinner we had had. Uh, what it felt like months. It felt like months. Because uh, yeah. she slept through it. So yeah. her not being present. <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> memory of her. <laughs> yeah. She was a sweet dog. She, really she got was. along with all the other dogs. And, and you know, she was always. It was always a, a, a good a good life force, yeah. So backtracking to Sizzle. Who I meant before. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. So we fostered Sizzle before we got Riley. Uh, we had a few foster dogs. Yeah, I think that's right. It was because it was before the live show with all of them. Yeah. Yeah, Sizzle. And we had Gozer at one point, a.k.a. Yeah. Rose. I mean, there have been other fosters who have come through who we haven't adopted. Uh, but Sizzle was a real soul connecting dog for gr dad and i gave her away to barb no we we decided <laughs> together sizzle was one of three like rescued from a puppy mill i think right and, and i mean do- hoarding not situation sure that her name was actually sizzle because that may have been the name of one of the other dogs and they they i think they mixed them up in intake and it, this could have been you it know, didn't matter anyway because josie or something yeah <laughs> but yeah. sizzle was that was a selling point because the name was so awesome yeah she uh i think I think we ended, the Golden Retriever Rescue Group ended up taking, I think, eight dogs mm. in a couple different batches. We we just talked about this on a podcast where, you know, she spent a bunch of weeks in a hospital. They pulled all of her teeth except the, Front I think she four. had four teeth. And one of them has been pulled since then, I think. <laughs> she looked uh, like a vampire. That a was so vampire. cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, Barb recently posted a picture of her eggplants. Sis <laughs> picked a bunch of her eggplants, and all the eggplants have little hole punches in them from her four, or now three teeth, like <laughs> jump, jump, jumping in there. Uh, God, she was such a good dog. She's a sweetheart of a dog, yeah. Um, but Barb had been looking for a dog, and I, you know, we got Sizzle, and I was like, God, I think this is the dog for you. And it, it's wonderful because Barb loves her so was, so much. It was an easy decision once we knew we knew that because we already had five at the time, right? It would have been she was number she would have been number six. Yeah, so I think it was you know it all came together. We had yeah. plenty. We you know we had Queso to, to to as a project and and we knew that she'd be super well loved where she was going. So yeah. that was kind of a that was an easy decision. But she, when we did the first live show in Rockville, and we will do more, we were going to do one this fall. Like I had been talking to them about September dates, and I just wasn't sure with COVID, which now seems like a good idea. No. We'll probably do one in the spring if things are finally stable by then. <sighs> but we did, so our first live show in Rockville, we had Matt fly out from California, and I, th- I think he had another thing, but he and Barb and Sizzle 
came. We had seven dogs. So they, and they actually were on stage. So Bar, all three, three of them, Sizzle and Barb and Matt, joined us on stage for the live show. So we had the seven dogs up there. Uh, but that was really great that she got to have the you know, be with us and we got to see her again and be a little bit famous because she's up on stage. <laughs> You're talking about Barb or I, Sizzle. I was talking about Sizzle. Uh, I think Barb can kind of handle her own. I don't think point. she's seeking the limelight. No. Yeah. yeah, she's a good dog. No, Sizzle's, I, I still like the updates. She is in a, a great situation. Oh, it's so, I mean, it's so good situation. for her. It, it, is, it is much better for her than than, you know, fighting these knuckleheads all the time for for space and, and light. Yeah, I mean, she totally would have been happy with us, but it's great for her to have more one-on-one attention, which she really gets with yeah. Barb. Yeah, and we didn't have any squirrels she could chase. Or murder, which she totally <laughs> did. She hole-punched a squirrel to death. The squirrel got some of her in return. Uh, that's that's with Barb, not with us. So that's his uh, sizzle. Uh, She's like a, I mean... She's definitely she's an honorary a, She was member. a near adoption, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we would have kept her. If it hadn't been Barb, totally. right, who I had been talking to, totally. absolutely would have kept her. Absolutely. Um, but that, you know, really seemed like, and this is a thing I've said before, right? They tell you when you foster dogs that the dogs pick their houses, which I thought was new age bullshit until I started fostering dogs and is like totally true. But yeah. The, that if you do it right, the dogs let you know, like, this really feels like home. And it's it's profound and kind of amazing. And with Sis, you know, at that point, we had fostered, whatever, 14, 15 dogs. Yeah. Like, I, I had developed a very good sense for it. And I was like, I know I know that this is going to work. And, uh, and it really is just, like, it's, so perfect. It just fit. Yeah, it just fit. Yeah. Um, so that's his, Sizz, and then we got Swizz. That's right. This is my confusion. Uh, so I had Sizz and Swizz, and uh, Swizz died, and so we were back down to four at that point, Hops. and Because we'd lost Jasmine. Yeah, that was, that was from five to four, right, right. So who did we have at that? Yes, okay, so before we lost the Swizz, which was in July, we took in two back-to-back dogs. We've done this a couple times. Uh, so we got Guaco Man. Knucklehead. Because we had lost Jasmine, and I think Queso was a few days out from dying. And we just... And I was talking to the rescue group, and... And we just couldn't handle another old dog, man, like emotionally. Yeah. yeah, I was... You know, they were telling me about this young dog who needed a different foster home because he wasn't fitting in where he was, and I was like, I'll take him. He's not going to die. I'll take him. Help, I think that one you dog. didn't even consult with me very much. No, like, I was just like, is, I need a dog who's not going to die. Because the number wasn't an issue. We were we were down to yeah, four, five, but Queso yeah. was so on the decline. Yeah. yeah. So we got Guacoman, and uh, we yeah. he was a nightmare. Oh, was he a project? Now he's so good, though. Because he ran away. I mean, that was the worst part is that he, that he didn't, he he didn't connect with us enough to stick around. Like, he was not a Velcro dog when it counted. But it's not even like he would try to escape. It's that he'd be like, come chase me if you oh, want me to come in the house. The freaking, I mean, he still does this with the ball, right? Where he's just like, take this ball out of my mouth. I'll get close, but like, then oh, I won't I let you. Yeah. And he loves to be chased. And he thinks oh, it's it the was so frustrating. funnest thing. But that is the worst thing for dog behavior. Favorite moment with Guac was at the end of his kind of 10 days of intense training with our good trainer friend, Michael Kelly at Old Town Pet Resort. 
uh, in North Bethesda. You guys, if you need your dog fixed, just go talk to him. He's so great. Uh, I have plans for Remy to go spend some time with him as soon as Remy's cataract surgery is like done and cleared. He's amazing. And he did such a good job with guac and, and really helped us turn that around where now guac's recall is excellent. Like, you know, sometimes he'll choose to defy us, but it's rare. And he comes really, especially for me, he comes really well. Yeah. And for and me, he thinks about it for pal. a little while, but then he also comes. He's so good. And the big change for him is he used to be not treat focused at all. And I don't know what his deal was, but he, but he was not, he just didn't, wasn't interested in food. He was so much more interested in the ball and being chased than yeah. the food. Right. So it, it just, he didn't, he didn't come to the food. He had a lot of what you see in dogs who have just had absolutely no training yeah. and the, the rumor, like he was dropped at a shelter, so he didn't have a name. You know, he didn't have any background. Right. What um, was his nickname, maybe? Meathead. Yeah, butthead or meathead? Meathead. Meathead. Uh, they think he... Somebody's like, oh, I know the guy who dropped those dogs at the shelters. Who knows if this is true or not? But if it was true, he was on a farm. And I think just an outside dog with, like, zero He could just do anything. whatever, whenever. And when you have dogs like that, I, I think it's like when you have kids like that, if you have kids and the parents just don't give them any rules or yeah. guidance, they're just fucking crazy. And if you just give them a little structure, they're actually really good. Like they need some structure and some they, rules. They love to follow rules. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, sometimes they'll break the rules, but they know what they are. Where if there aren't any, they're just like, I don't know what to do. And and it's a little bit like untethered. That's yeah. sort of what he was like. Yeah, He wasn't abused and he looked healthy and he was in pretty good yeah. shape. But you could tell he hadn't gotten a lot of sort of attention. I mean, yeah. I think that's really the the base of it. Yeah, I don't know. My my favorite story uh, observation is now with the, the the intensity with which he loves these stuffed. Oh my god! Objects. He so right? when I when we got him, I I was up in Maryland for work. Um, we got him and Chief Brody within. I think two weeks of each other, one yeah. or two weeks of each other. Those were some of my early grocery trips. And they were right before lockdown. We got them in February and and Brody was the first week of March. Did we get St. Patrick before them? No, we got him After. in the summer. Um, but we got them right as everything was locking down for COVID. A little bit before, because like, I was still flying. Yeah, Brody was, was when I got the RV too, and it was not... Nobody really had figured out masks. It was sort of early March, I think. March. It, it was 7th. like March sixth or seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had like one more week, and then everything shut down. But I, so I got guac, and so it was just me and guac. And uh, you know, I think I brought him to like Dogtopia, like for day camp, because I yes. was going to work. Get some of it because I was like, "Ooh, this dog has energy." But when he was at the house, I'd give him the blau high. But and the dog Toby is when he would stand on the crates. <laughs> would, they had like crates for nap time, like full-size crates where the dogs would go for nap time in the afternoon. And he'd get on top of the crates and bark at everybody, <laughs> which I can absolutely <laughs> see him doing. Uh, but when he was at the house, I'd give him a blau high. And exactly like he does now, he'd just have the thing in his mouth, sleep with it in his mouth, snuggle carry it around it. everywhere. Yeah, snuggle with it. Absolutely a pacifier for him. He, yeah. So he's been like that the whole time we've had him, like... Stuffy in the mouth, absolutely just shuts off part of his brain. Makes him happy. That's so good. Makes him happy. I mean, it's so, it hasn't changed over the years. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, year. It's, it's adorable. Yeah. Well, but now he's, yeah. Yeah. He seems older. 
He he does. His fur has changed. He's got like little feathers everywhere that he's never had before. Yeah, yeah, it's much shorter fur. Weird. He's way healthier. A lot. I mean, most of the dogs we get haven't had like very healthy diets or vet care or anything. So yeah, we got guac, and it it was one or two weeks later that he ate the Brillo pad. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) we got Chief Brody. Uh, So same kind of thing. I was up in Maryland. They brought Chief Brody to me. And we had already bought the RV. So I had I had yeah, bought like the ordered RV. ordered it. Yeah. You paid had, for it. I had paid for it. Yeah. And we had to go pick it up. And yeah. that was GR Dad was picking it up. I was like, road trip? All right. And which was its a whole own stupid process. <laughs> uh, we don't have the biggest recommendation for camping world in Virginia. <laughs> oh, enough. that sucked. I was, I was frustrated. I wasn't even there. I was just on the phone with GR Dad. I think it for, took me eight hours to to pick up the RV that was bought two weeks before or 10 yeah. days before. Yeah, That's stupid. Anyway, uh, so Chief Brody, we got then Yeah. also. Um, so CB it was nine when we got him, and he had very serious allergies, and his previous owners, like, he, they overfed him, so he was very fat. He was. He, he, he had a hard time walking, bit. too, because he was so fat. Yeah. Um, and he was in the cone for five years and five they, years in the five cone. years with a cone on because he was itchy all the time they did allergy testing on him and then they just didn't want to pay attention to the stuff he was allergic to so they had a bunch of kids who would just feed him stuff from the table they'd feed him all the time and he's a real beggar so he gained all this weight but he his skin was infected all the time so he smelled really bad so no one would go around him. So he was just like neglected. Probably abused. I mean, like verbally abused, right? Like oh, I'm they sure. probably like yelled at him for getting close. Poor guy. So eventually they just got tired of dealing with it. Thank God. Turned him into rescue. And he was with a, a, fo- a different foster home for a few weeks. And then we yeah. took him over from that foster home, um, which I, th- I think he actually was up on the adoption page. And I was like, guys, I want this dog. And they're like, but you're fostering guac. You can't adopt a dog when you're fostering. That's right. And they're like, we'll just transfer him to you as a foster. Can and we adopt guac <laughs> real quick or do something <laughs> well, bureaucratic? Yeah, we'll it's fine. Yeah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it, it must have been one week later because otherwise we would have just done the guac adoption paperwork. Yeah. You got it foster for two weeks. So anyway, we got them back to back. Um, CB has turned into like a really wonderful boy with zero itches. By the way, he's a sweet boy. Oh, he's yeah. so good. I just love the way he he he's plays with toys upside down, right? <laughs> he he's always done this where he puts them in his front paws and kind of pushes them around, and it seems yeah. very joyful. He is. He's a good boy. Like he's yeah. got his anxieties, but he's a good boy. Yeah, he's very thunder afraid and afraid of being afraid of thunder. So he like hears the rain now, and he's like, "Oh no, I, I think it's gonna thunder. I better freak out." <laughs> he's got some anxiety issues, but I can't blame him. He had a terrible life. Yeah. So in July, I think July, June or July, we got St. Patrick. Yeah. Sneaking in here. He was, we, yeah. He they was said he was a golden, a golden doodle. doodle. Which is, bo- you know, borderline of the great, right? Yeah. The rescue group will take in mixes sometimes, especially when they're in kind of rural shelters and like need a lot of care um, because you know, it's just hard to get those dogs taken care of. And he was with a really great foster family who we still talk to. They were so nice. I mean, like the nicest people. Yeah. When we had to put him down, we actually zoomed or whatever, (laughs) FaceTimed with them, you know, from the vet's office. Yeah. They were were really 
but they're the ones who are like he likes cheese i'm gonna give you some slices of american cheese in a little lunch cooler i think she was a teacher or they had little ninja turtle lunchbox little kids but they did the little lunch sack that was like for ice i mean it was so they were so nice and they loved him so much um but they had a lot of stares Mm -hmm. and he didn't see maybe much at all maybe not at all but a little bit and yeah, and, he, and they had another dog and kids, and it was just a lot. Hardwood floors, yeah. and, right? He had a hard time standing. But they went through all the medical issues with him, right? They had the surgery done, wasn't it? No, he had he bloat, right? He had bloat, so he, he bloat. was he was just dumped in the woods, and oh, they found him in, after like weeks in the woods. Yeah, yeah. completely emaciated. Um, somebody just found him in the woods brought him into the shelter and the night he got brought to the shelter he bloated which means his stomach basically twisted on himself so he had emergency surgery that night which is which is very very likely to be fatal with dogs right most of the time they die yeah. from it so he's really lucky that he had people around uh and i think so i think he went to the shelter he bloated that night he got the surgery and then the shelter gave him to these people <laughs> he's the first dog they ever fostered and he has like huge surgery scars oh my god yeah. He's all fragile. They did such a good job with him. They, they, yeah, they really did. He was such a good boy. So, you know, again, he was one who was like, you know, we don't know how old he was, but he was older, very fragile. We knew we weren't going to have him for a long time. Couldn't see. Uh, Might not have heard very well either. I mean, he really was in his own world. He he was. I mean, kind of, I think even independent of the sensory stuff, like he he was kind of in his own head. Yeah, um, that's right. We thought we thought he might have had some dementia too. It's hard to tell. For sure. I mean, he us. had the classic the classic dementia symptom for dogs is that they wander the house at night, which oh, yeah. he did with them and he did with us. He'd just get up and walk around. Oh my God, when we we're having the work done, right? The windows replaced. <laughs> they they had laid down paper so they could like, stomp around in their in their work shoes without you know ruining the carpet, and so he would get on the, the paper and he'd be. Just, his little nails would like scratch, scratch, scratch on the paper in the middle of the night, all night. Oh, three o'clock in the morning. Dear dad was very sensitive to and that. I was like, sound oh, I think he needs to go out. I think he needs to go out. So I'd wake up and he we did not go to need to go out. He just needed to Mm-mm. wander around, poor boy. The best the best with St. Patrick is that he loved the wind blowing his ears. And <laughs> they would like he had these big long ears and they would flap in the wind. I don't know. I have two good memories. You put him in the water once to like I carried him rest in. his old bones, which is so sweet and so nice. He loved it. But he also would he he more than any of the other dogs would um, like dream in his sleep. Right. Yeah. He would lie there and be like running in his sleep and twitching and chasing something, which is so cool. Like. You know, in his mind, he was having all these adventures, and he's just this old go- uh, old guy. Yep. And he just, you know, kind of faded away. Yeah. He just he just wore out. But we, I mean, we had some some good months with him. Yeah. Yeah, and and he was know, also always a struggle to feed. I mean, he him he would, would that he was the French fry guy where we cheeseburgers. Would buy, We'd buy eleven cheeseburgers at a time. We from, would we went to Burger King and McDonald's and be like. Whatever cheeseburgers, just give us five of them for today. Oh, my God. We we did, like, just cheeseburgers. And then eventually he would sort of eat some food, but not really. And on the... You know, we could tell he was... Brats and tots. Brats his, and tots. his thing, yeah. And we... I mean, he was another one where we would just kind of try everything. But on... We could tell he was on the decline. And on the last day, I made him tater tots. Like, at, you know, nine in the morning, I made a fresh batch of tater tots in the air fryer and i put the plate of tater tots in front of him and he wouldn't eat them and so we don't know what was wrong but it clearly you know and they won't eat 
his favorite thing was like French fries <laughs> when yeah. he won't eat the tater tots. It was time. And so then we were down to five. No, we had Parmesan while we had St. Patrick. Yeah, we had seven for a we while. Had, for a couple weeks. Two, including St. Patrick, which was was kind St. of St. Patrick and it. Parmesan. But St. Patrick was so delicate at the time that it was really hard to have all of them together. We were hand-feeding St. Patrick, and then we got Parmesan in as a hospice case. He had been a breeder dog in Sweden, and then someone in the U.S. had adopted him, and then I don't, I don't even remember why they didn't want him anymore. I don't know, but you looked up the Swedish word for good dog. Duktig <laughs> poika. That's in my brain. Uh, yeah, and so we, and he also had to be hand fed. So we had two dogs where we had to hand feed them very messy wet food to get them to eat anything. Yeah, and the empty cans and the the, the oh my God. slobber and the hand washing. It was a lot of a lot of effort for those two. It was it, it for for a while. I was like, this is too many dogs. Like it. They were all great. But having the two with special stressful. needs was really hard. We'd have, we couldn't keep them around the other dogs because Bank would always sidle up and be like, hey, you going to eat that? You gonna, I, I can totally stick my tongue in there. That was a lot of a lot of work with, with the two of them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Parmesan was such a sweet boy, oh, though. He was. He was, a, he was like an old Riley or something. He's yeah. another one I wish, like, man, I wish. I mean, with so many of them, it's like, oh, if we only, only we... You know, of course, getting them as a puppy. But if we had gotten them at like five, oh yeah, right? Like, like we have Remy now. Like, if everything is taken care of, he could end up being like a super great boy that we get a lot of time with. Riley, yeah. you know, we got him at seven. Parm was one of those dogs. We're like, oh, if we had gotten him at like you know six or seven, where he's still running around. Parm was another freaking roller coaster though, because he had that huge growth, like a bowling ball in his tum. You know, oh, where, yeah. where, where that it was, was that size. mostly the reason for the hospice care is because they were like, it's going to rupture, he's going to die any day now. And then we yeah. brought him in and the vet's like, you know, I think we can take this out. It's not, you know, not actually cancerous and we can probably remove it. And they did. And it wasn't, he didn't have any cancer. No. And then he died two weeks later anyway, a month later, I guess. Yeah. But, from, but we thought we were what? giving him another year or 70 months was my mantra or not whatever. True. Yeah. Yeah, queso uh, really ruined me on this. That was work. Jasmine. She had she had cancer. Yeah, and they took it off, and they said, "Oh, for dogs who have this cancer, if you do successful surgery, they get they live for seventy months afterwards." So seventy months kind of became the Giardad mantra for yeah, a long we time. We didn't get seventy months out of any of the dogs. No, we that, did not. Unfortunately, no. That's the one she had the 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 staples all around her belly, right? Like it looked like she'd been Jasmine, cut, like a zipper. Like she'd been cut in half and reconstituted. Yeah, from like spine to the middle of her tongue. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, they got, they got that off though. Yeah, but yeah, Parm was a was a good boy, even though you know we only he was he did end up being a hospice case. I think we had him for two months. Yeah, um, but he was a good one. And then uh, so we lost him and St. Patrick again, pretty close together, which is a real like universe fucking with you thing to lose two dogs. I think we lost them within a week of each other. It was yeah, really it was, fast. It was really bad. Yeah. And then we got Cheggs. Yeah, Manchego. Uh, who was another insulin? He was diabetic, and his owners yeah. gave him up. They, his owners, were both kind of sick and frail, and were like, "We just can't take care of him." And he's sort of a hospice case. And the rescue was like, "Why is he a hospice case?" And we got him, and we're like, "Oh yeah, he's kind of a hospice case." Diabetic, uh, and was he? He was blind. Ish, most he was blind. totally blind. Yeah, we tried yeah. to get him surgery. He was really totally blind. Like yeah. Remy can at least see a little bit. Yeah, and he, he had really bad back problems too that were that were 
exacerbate it. But yeah, he, he, when we had the whole cart, right? I mean, he couldn't. He's he's one of those dogs where he couldn't stand up at all. Yeah, if once, he if we'd had him, stood longer. him up. He he could stay standing. <laughs> I mean, he could do his business, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to take him out, we'd have to pick him up, put him in the cart, put the cart in the elevator, bring him down, wheel him out to the front yard and take him out. Like, it was clearly a thing where it's like, well, this is not sustainable for a long time. Yeah. But we kind of knew we didn't have a long time left. Yeah, but it taught me, that was the, the drive when I picked him up. I had to learn how to use the blood, the glucose meter. <laughs> Whew, that was... Because they <laughs> said test him twice a day, and I'm like in a, in the car with a new dog that I didn't know in a rest stop on 95 somewhere between, you know, Florida and DC. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, there's no instructions with this glucose meter. There's just a bunch of like, there's a little strip. We did not know what we were doing. There's some pointy thing. (laughs) So I tried it on myself a couple times. That didn't work. It didn't, it like always showed error. I didn't know how to insert the thing. And, and, you know, meanwhile, Poor Jags is in the back seat going, I don't know what's going on. And then I had to like try to get blood out of him. It was just a, it was probably 45 minutes of, of just super stress for me. And I'm not yeah. easy going about this stuff either, like medical things and sticking probes and needles into myself or others is not a good thing for me. No, but you, you did it. Yeah. And, and he had diabetes. <laughs> His blood sugar was high. It we said high on well. the gauge. It said high. That that means literally off the charts. Yeah. yeah. So and th- and that's when I was still. Oh my goodness! On the drive, I thought he needed because I had a diabetic roommate in high school, and he used to get crash. Right, his blood sugar would go way down, and he's like, "I need to have a snack. I need to have some orange juice. I need to get some food in me." And I was like, "Oh well, this is what you do with diabe- diabetics. You got to give them snacks." So I was like giving. Manchego, you know, the usual pretzels and stuff that I give. And his blood sugar's going up and up and up. Give the dog in the back seat. And it was not the right thing to do, yeah. Hey, he was fine. He ended up fine, yeah. He managed it pretty well. He was a sweet boy. He was a sweet boy, yeah. It's good we got to see him out. Yeah, he went swimming too a few times. Yeah, I carried him in. He liked it. He liked being just held there in the water. Yeah. He he definitely trusted me. And now we got the new saucy man, Remoulade. Well, we did get uh, Voods in the middle there, too, after... Um, oh, fuck, I skipped Voods. I guess Voods and... No, Voods came after... He came... We got two back-to-back. Back. Yeah, but, but... Was it Cheggs and Voods one after the... It was Voods and then... I think it was Cheggs pa- first and then... Oh. Parm. We we got them... We got two Parmesan dogs at Thanksgiving week last. apart. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I got Voodoo before Parmesan. We got Voodoo, and then a week later, they're like, will you take this Hosman's case, seven dogs? And, and I was like, sure. that was like, like sure. Thanksgiving Thursday right. that I drove down to get Parmesan, I think. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we skipped it. Voodoo, I'm so sorry, Voodoo. Uh, he's just, you know, such a forgettable dog. He's very sneaky is what he is. <laughs> he's not forgettable. He's sneaky. He'll wait till you're distracted, and then he'll... Eat your Kleenex or something. He was a, a COVID case uh, <laughs> where his owners got yeah. COVID, were elderly, went into the hospital, and kind of hadn't been taking care of him. And they, he us. was the one who never went outside. Yes. Well, pink, him and and Parm were doing the same. Yeah. Right. But they he both had the can... pink feetses, and he was super overweight. Yep. Yep. No, I got him, and he couldn't. He couldn't walk. I love that Pinto Bean. <laughs> he is such a weird, weird ass dog. So strange. So sneaky. <laughs> really independent spirit. He is. He's stubborn in a very like 
I just like deflective way, like not openly defiant. He just won't, he just like ignore you. He'll look <laughs> away, you know, and, and pretend he can't hear you or he'll pretend to be sleeping. And then when you turn around, he wakes up and like, you know, eats something or, I mean, he's just. I like his anger face when you kind of <laughs> smack him around with something and then he pulls his little lips back. And Man, like, the, the, the not boots foods thing will never get old. <laughs> the stuff that he has eaten because he came to us and they said, well, um, he was never outside. He was peeing on pads, um, he but, he, but he shreds his beds. He yeah. shreds his dog beds, and we're like, "Oh, well, that's clearly it's because he wasn't being taken care of. He didn't have the stimulation." Well, he has a stimulation here. He played with guac a lot, and he still eats sneakily eats stuff he's not supposed to eat. I mean, the best story is when shortly after we got him he ate a full sleeve off a hooded sweatshirt of mine yes the that was his, his team for an object experience i mean it was like a week and we bring him in to the emergency vet at that point and i was like he ate the entire sleeve from this sweatshirt from, and they from wrist to shoulder <laughs> yep they bring him in the back and so i'm sitting because it's covid right so i'm sitting in the room with my mask on and they've got him in the back and then I'm like waiting and waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden I hear three people cheering in the back. Yay! Because <laughs> he had That's puked up the That's when we knew we sleeve. had the right veterinary practice here in the Keys. <laughs> That's, uh, the emergency vet here is still closed, like trying to find a new location. But it's that vet. And I cannot wait till they open back up again. Yeah. Fortunately, we haven't needed them. But... Uh, that's Did they a, give you the sleeve? I think they might have. They kept the sleeve. They kept it. See, that's the I new regulation. They, they did bring me back at some point to see it, but it, it was kind of in a few pieces. We knew what that was. It wasn't like uh, um, queso where we didn't know what it was in there. Yeah. No, that's right. Uh, so yeah, food. I'm sorry I skipped over you. Foods. But he's lost, what, 20 pounds while he's been with us, right? He was 130. Now he's... In oh, the more 80s. than that. Yeah. I mean, he was, I guess he was, I thought he was 83. He was 93 okay. at, when he got his surgery. And I think he was 115 when we got him. Yeah. So he's lost. He's getting better and better. Yeah. He's doing a good job. So that's everybody. Now we got and Remy. And his story is when, when I find, I found him eating the tin can, literally the tin <laughs> dog food can that had little Recycling. punch holes from his <laughs> teeth where he was eating a tin can. What a doof. Yep. Yeah. They, I love all of our current dogs, but they're not as good as the original squad of six. No, they do have a lot of personality, each of them. They do. I mean, they're great and they sure keep our life interesting. (laughs) Interesting is right. When it gets boring, just get another dog. We're not going to get any more dogs for a while. When it gets less than super exciting, we'll just get another dog. Oh my God. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. That is episode 200, which basically is love fest for all 14 dogs that we've had since we started doing the podcast. Can people still get Schmeeg sounds on on Apple, iTunes? iTunes. I think it, so we, we released a single on iTunes called Schmeeg sounds, which is just Schmeeg making sounds. I don't think it's available on iTunes anymore. How about boop upon your snoop. I, I never released that as a single. <laughs> That's a podcast episode. Boobity boop on the snoop snoop is a little song that I produced in GarageBand with me singing. That was good. It's that an had early a great beat. That, you would lay down that beat like nobody's business. Thank you. That was good. Uh, I think you can find Shmeek sounds on Spotify. <laughs> uh, and it's basically it's just grunty noises yep. that that Maggie made. She made a lot of good sounds. Yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. Well, hey, thanks for listening to us ramble for 200 episodes. 
And episode 300 is going to be amazing. Turns out it took a lot of dogs to get to 200 episodes. Yeah, it did. Yeah, by the time we get to episode 300, at this rate, we'll have had 21 dogs. Oh my goodness, I'll have a long white beard by the time <laughs> episode 300. Uh, you got any closing words before we sign off, dear dad? No, they're all good dogs. They are. They're all good dogs. We've we've done well. Yeah. They've given back as much as we've given them. That is certainly true. Yep. Well, until next time, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. That's right. Or put them in a wheelbarrow and then pour beer on them and then bite someone's ear off. Yeah. Don't, don't do no, that. don't do the biting. Don't do that. Okay. Bye. Bye.